Off the ball. It's not like Maradona or Messi, where the ball is tied to the left foot. I always see the ball as something which is bouncing, like an obedient, happy puppy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Glenn Durrant, good morning to you. How are things? Yeah, good morning to you both. How are you doing? Keeping well, keeping well. Three-time BDO World Champion, of course, and uh, PDC Premier League Champion as well. Uh, Glenn, I don't know where to start. Uh, was that the greatest PDC World Championship final of all time? I, I don't think so. I mean, it was an uh, unbelievable game, but I don't think much would ever top the Barney versus Phil Taylor uh, game, which was pretty epic. Uh, I mean, I go all the way back to uh, 1989 as well with Jockey Wilson, Eric Bristow. Uh, so there were some fabulous games, and I, I just think hate the moment. Sometimes I think it was the greatest game, but definitely the greatest leg was involved. Uh, that was pretty unbelievable to watch that live. That leg, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Per uh, per Wayne Model in the in the commentary booth had to, had to go and take a break for his voice sake. But uh, have you ever seen anything like that? No, no. I mean, it's honestly as, as a dark play, we dream. Uh, and when you go to bed and you dream of picking up a lakeside trophy, picking up winning Ali Pali, the Premier League, and then you, then you dream of 180, 180, 180, or winning a tournament on 170. So for actually to happen was unbelievable. And, you know, I, I love my Twitter. Uh, and I put a tweet on about Wayne Mardle saying how good his commentary was. And I think it's had more likes than when I won the Premier League. So go figure. Yeah, I think people are getting excited uh, off the couch a bit like Mardle after that, uh, that nine daughter happened. It was the quality as well, Glenn, of, of the play because there was there was one stage where Michael Van Gerwen was averaging 121 and he won just one leg in that set, which which kind of speaks volumes as to the quality that was on show. I think Michael was uh, Michael Van Gerwen was a little bit shocked actually because he just was effortless throughout the tournament, and you know people were writing off Michael Smith, and uh, and I think no word really hit uh, Michael Smith back, uh, Michael Van Gerwen back this past couple of weeks or. You know, after the first set, I had my concerns, but then, you know, that just all turned on that nine data leg where Michael could have won with a one four four, and and moments like that change games. Uh, but unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, to to be sat at home watching it was pretty incredible, uh, and just a, a wonderful final. And delighted for the bully boy. Remarkable, and and I think I was getting carried away along with Stuart Pike and John Part. They were saying it was the best arch match that the match they've ever seen. Of course, as you say, there's a bit of recency bias potentially in there. But there was one point. I think it was the seventh set, uh, Glenn, when uh, Smith had a one thirty checkout back from two yeah. 0 down, and that was to go four three up. Felt like a turning point. A huge one. The seventh set as well. Van Gerwen had darts to win this set, and and I said to my wife, I said he looks drained now. And I just said, he, he looks, and it's not often you say that about Van Gerwen because he plays, you know, to the final whistle. Um, but he just, I think that fifth set and seventh set took an awful lot out of MVG. And from there, Michael Smith, you know, sometimes as a dar player, the only difficult thing after that is getting over that finishing line. Um, and, and Michael Smith had a little bit of a wobble, uh, but then his last three legs, you know, he dipped like Colin Jackson in the 110 metre hurdles. So it was great to see. I think at one point in that that um, fourth set as well, there was nine consecutive legs in favour of Michael Smith, which when, when you look at Michael Van Gerwen's performance in the quarterfinal and semifinal and how dominant they were, you know, not giving mm. his opponent a set in either game, uh, that's quite remarkable. It, it, it speaks volumes as to the levels that Michael Smith reached. But that's, a, that's an interesting statement as well, that nobody really, you know, sometimes it's like in a boxing fight, if you 
you know, if someone hits you with a left, you want to hit them with a right. And and, Mike, and MVG all week was just jabbing his way to victory. Uh, and Michael Smith in that second, as early as the second set, you know, just threw that first big bomb. And then uh, all of a sudden, MVG just, you know, it was just a little bit too easy for him. And sometimes you need to be battle-hardened like Smith's been over the past 17 days and go through areas where you don't think you're going to win the, the match. You know, you know, against Martin Schindler, he was arguably very lucky to win that game, whereas MVG just cruised his way through and uh, you know, when it came down to the battle at the end, he just wasn't up to the challenge. We were kind of speaking at the start of the show, Glenn, about uh, about that nine-darter and trying to compare it to other sports, and we've had the conversations in recent weeks. Sean Murphy, another man on Twitter, who points out the, I guess, the degree of difficulty. I see you shaking your head already, but one four seven nine darter hole in one. Where do you stand on this whole debate? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a hundred break snooker player myself. You know, that, I grew up playing right. a game called uh, playing a game called billiards, um, and we have got so many world champions from the Teesside, Middlesbrough area. Uh, so it was our sport. Uh, so obviously the transition from billiards to snooker. So you know, I did knock in a couple of centuries in my time. Obviously, I've done a few nine darters and pitch and putt is the only thing I've done a, a hole in one on. But I find it difficult to believe that Sean Murphy under match conditions. I've seen him throw a dart as well. You know, and he's decent. Like you know, I've seen Mark Selby throw a dart. Mark Williams throws a mean dart. But no way have they done a nine darter uh, in, in in them sort of conditions. And I'm not having the fact that he's just been at home and had a one eighty one eighty because you know that most players will go one eighty one eighty and then for fun at the one four one. So I don't accept he's done the nine darter. Where do you stand on the difficulty level? Like I know it's tough to compare them, and maybe in some ways it's stupid to compare them because there are three no, different sports. But where where do you yeah, stand? I think it's quite straightforward. I think the toughest for me is the one four seven. It's you know the, the the darts obviously the you know the, the target doesn't move and you know there's there's elements there that you can do with you know it's just repetition um you know and there's only nine darts to throw you can it's only one minute of excellence that you're looking at uh you know the one four seven for me is still the greatest sporting achievement I've seen and you know the the feeling for a hole in one must be just absolutely incredible um, but for me that it, it, in level of difficulty. Playing both sports at a reasonable standard, uh, I would say the one four seven is the most difficult. For Smith to do it in a f- in a final as well um, is is quite something. I know Adrian Lewis did it as we said back in back in twenty eleven. I saw someone in our YouTube comments this morning saying, "Well, was Michael Van Gerwen's seventeen perfect darts where he just missed the the last dart and two two consecutive legs to have uh, two nine darters?" But but I guess last night the way it happened, the way both players almost hit perfection. Uh, was maybe a better achievement, really? Yeah, it's what you dream of, honestly. Like without sort of repeating myself, it's you know us dark players have our dreams, and to hit a nine darter to become your world champion for the first time, you know, to beat Michael Van Gerwen. I mean, all his dreams come true all in all in one night. Uh, it was an unbelievable feat, and uh, like I said, made very very special by unbelievable commentary as well. It was a, a wonderful moment for our game that we love. You'd almost forget that that Michael Smith hit an eleven darter to win uh, last yeah. night uh, towards the end. There were so many crazy moments; it's hard to, to to think back to them all. But but that in itself showed uh, balls of steel, really, for Michael Smith. Yeah, when I obviously when I won my Lakesides in Premier League, it's sometimes you can remember the odd dart here and there. But Michael Smith is someone when he comes off and gets interviewed, was talking about leg two of set two, and you know for me it was all a bit of a haze. But I was a very focused player where. 
Michael's a very you know when his when his rhythm is good, he's beautiful to watch and you know a phenomenal scorer. Uh, and you know he just seems to remember everything about him. You know if I, if I would say something to him, and that's the beauty of social media as well. He's already watched the nine out a million times. He said on Twitter this morning. So uh, yeah, it's just going to be a wonderful few weeks for him now. I mean. You know, I think he wants to go to his beloved St. Helens and, you know, hold the trophy. And, you know, I had the luxury of doing that for Middlesbrough Football Club. And they're the kind of moments to go back to your family, your friends. He's going to have an unbelievable uh, next seven to 14 days. Glenn, we've been talking about the, the, the sport and the evolution of it and the amount of money that's been pumped in and the TV coverage and just the, the general sense of growth that there has been over the last period of time. Um, as as the the money becomes bigger and bigger, uh, more and more people are going to be interested and just naturally in all sports what we see is there's a concentration of talent it gets better people spend more time they do it from earlier on in their careers uh, I know you're involved in coaching are you already seeing uh, an uplift in the standards from the younger players now uh, and how quickly do you expect the acceleration at the at the top level to happen? It's frightening. It's frightening, really. Honestly, it's. Uh, I feel like I'm the last bastion of the Wigan's club. You know that I, I was on Eggheads this year, and uh, you know his first question was about beer and fat bellies, and I went on a real Jeff Stelling rant about the fact that we're playing in uh, places like Madison Square Garden, the fact that there's academies right across the country now. You know, and in Ireland as well, there's some wonderful, wonderful players coming through. You know, Keen Barry was. Will be really disappointed the way he played this year, but you know some of the youth players, and you know I, I'm working with you now, and I, I've got someone online after this from Ireland. Um, you know when this interview finishes, so it's gone absolutely crazy. And you know when Ali Pally is on, you can see the the, the increase. And, and the beauty of that is that your tools is twenty quid. You know you can buy your set of tungsten darts for for twenty quid. And that's why it was very much a workman's sport. But Barry Hearn saw something bigger. You know, and then when I played at the Premier League in front of twelve thousand people, it was just unbelievable. It was just a real, you know, I grew up all my life workingmen's clubs playing in front of one man and his dog, and here I am playing in front of twelve thousand people. And you know, it's half a million quid that uh, Michael Smith won last night, plus his two hundred grand from um, from the Grand Slam a few weeks ago. You know, the top eight now are millionaires. It's you know the, the evolution of darts, and it's it's going nowhere. You know, say they're off to Bahrain in in a couple of days, couple of weeks' time for the World Series as well, and then it's Q School. Um, it, you know, it's not all roses as well. You know, the, the beauty I can tell you now is wonderful at the top, uh, but it's it's really really horrible when you're down and losing games and loss of form, etc. So. It's not all glamour that you see. The travelling is difficult. You know, trying to get that work-life balance as well is really difficult. But, you know, Barry Hearn saw a dream and he fulfilled that. And it's a wonderful sport to be involved in. You you announced your retirement from, from darts, uh, in effect, as a player back in November, Glenn. But... How do you, and you've spoken very eloquently about your, your, your fall, I guess, over the, over the 18 months after winning the Premier League itself. How do you how do you explain that to to the to the layman and woman I guess who, who don't understand how you can be at such a high level and then I guess some people and it happens in in every sport you see a drop off. Yeah, I, I don't think I have all the answers as well. I'm still trying to find them answers. But if you look at like an analogy of golf, it's like someone going to put the ball and getting the yips. It's like the centre forward being on the six yard line and can't score. You know, and, and you sometimes just need something to come off you. 
you know, your, your ankle or anything to go in there. And, you know, I was fighting away for just a couple of wins there. But for sure, my technique uh, during lockdown um, began to change for whatever reason. You know, a very funny story was my father-in-law said, Glenn, because you're getting too fat. And then I realised, was I getting lazy in lockdown? But, you know, I practised two hours a day every day. I didn't do an awful lot of change there, but I could definitely feel that my throw went from being quite a relaxed or to very robotic. And then the more you lose, the more the mindset changes. And then I just struggled then to, to, to bring the arm back. And I had no confidence at all when I threw a dart. And and it was pretty horrible uh, in, in the end, you know, losing to the players and sometimes losing 6-0 to players you can beat. Uh, and I, I remember a couple of moments. I remember um, playing in the Premier League with, with no crowd, losing 7-0 to Dimitri Vandenberg, ushered back to my hotel room because of COVID conditions, laid there with me dart and the tyres still on at the ceiling thinking, my God, tomorrow night I've got Michael Van Gerwen and the night after I've got Michael Smith. You know, so as much as we said how beautiful of a feeling it is to be a dart player, and I've had them moments when in Lakesides and Premier Leagues, you know, the lows can be just as bad, you know, just as bad as the highs. And uh, I feel quite blessed in a way that I've been, you know, I'm able to accept that I've been to the very top and it feels like I've been at the bottom as well. And uh, if, you know, one of the roles I want to do now is be be a coach, be a mentor, uh, and speak to people and don't make the mistakes that I did. Such a psychological element to it. Like, have has the coaching given you a second wind? I, I, I've seen oh. sp- sp- uh, speaking before about coaching your your nephew Jamie, for example, as one of the, the top players coming up. Uh, that must give you, you some serious delight to, to, and maybe a second wind in the game as well. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And and the moment I lost my tour card because I I haven't retired, you know you. You still hope. I don't particularly have the desire to get to the very top again. and It would seem a million miles away. Um, but I'm playing in the World Seniors. I've got lots of exhibition work with Phil Taylor in Germany and in Ireland. So, you know, I'm still playing darts, but I'm getting an awful lot of kick out of the coaching. And, you know, the, the moment I lost my card, I had three pro tour card players, you know, want to come and see me in January. So, already I'm dealing with players in the top 64, 32 in the world. And, but I really enjoy someone who walks in, can't stand, no balance, can't throw the darts, hitting big 13s, you know, etc. And then when they're leaving, they're going 20, 20, 20. Uh, and I get a big kick out with that. But, you know, coaching has been wonderful. But, you know, if people are looking for instant results, it's just not there because unless you're someone like Josh Rock, where there's just an unbelievable talent, you know, inside of you, uh, then just learn the fundamentals and accept the journey. And if it takes one year to get to the top, well, for me, 41 years to get to the top. Uh, I mean, I didn't travel till I was age 41 and, you know, won the Premier League in my 50s. So, you know, be patient and just enjoy the game we all love. Uh, you mentioned Middlesbrough there, Glenn. I know you're a big Borough fan. And uh, look, you're in the playoff spots in the Championship at the minute. Things are looking well. Michael Carrick in charge as well. And I suppose from an Irish perspective, we're watching Dara Lennon play play really well uh, must be quite a, a, diff- a difficult time for you because you're, you're looking at Borough's performances and they're great but then you're watching Newcastle uh, you're a bit of rivals and you're thinking ah here what, what's going on so how do you feel about it all at the moment yeah it's great I mean the town is buzzing right now you know it's, I went to Blackpool away and I really really was impressed with the performance that we put on you know Tuber Akbom is just looking absolutely unbelievable for us and 
you know, couldn't score for Toffee last year. So, um, you know, it, it's great. And it's just good that people have got a smile in the town. It's very much a community club, Middlesbrough. It's the same chairman since the 80s, Steve Gibson. And, uh, you know, when Borough's doing well, it just feels good. And we don't need Saudi money, so, uh, you know, stuff Newcastle. And we, we've got 10 tours, they've got 11. There you go. Good stuff, Glenn. Thanks really for joining us. Cheers. Thank you. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.